Welcome to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Mike is one of the nation's top realtors and is highly regarded as an authority in residential real estate sales. Mike Bell has nothing to sell but great wisdom. You're going to love this show. Now, here's Mike Bell. Welcome. You're tuning in to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. What a crazy morning we've had. Uh, this is the most important hour of radio every Wednesday at 1 p.m., and thank you for joining me. This show is dedicated to delivering timely, balanced truths about residential real estate, and today we're going to be talking about commercial real estate. And this is in an effort to help you. My goal is to educate you, empower you, and engage you so you can make informed decisions to protect, enhance, and smartly manage your investment, your house, and your other financial assets. Uh, hopefully that includes commercial real estate, which uh, we're going to dive into uh, some really good content here. Well, my name is Mike Bell. I'm a broker here with Keller Williams here in Pasadena. I sell a lot of homes. You can email your questions to me at mikebell at kw.com. Again, that's mikebell at kw.com. You can call our show. Uh, we have a live show here, and you can call in at 888-GO-FOR-IT. That's 888-463-6748. That's 888-463-6748. And I'm going to give you my personal cell phone number, and you, can, you should save it in your contacts. My personal cell phone number is 888-401-1555. That's 888-401-1555. And we're going to be answering some of your emails a little later in the show. Uh, today we have Mike Knudsen. He is the director of Retail Net Leased Properties. He's a broker here at Keller Williams. He is the other Mike. Hey, Mike. Mike, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you thank, for joining me. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm happy to be here. Well, Mike is a leading commercial real estate advisor. He specializes in the acquisition, disposition, leasing, development, and recapitalization of retail net leased investment properties and portfolios on a national basis. The Triple Net Properties Group, or the Net Leased Property Group here in Pasadena, uh, you guys have a team, and you guys provide a very wide range of brokerage and advisory services. We do. So we're here to talk, to talk about Triple Net and uh, properties, and the reason why I want you to come in here is that for a lot of people, Jumping into the commercial realm is frightening. Right. It's the great unknown. Mm -hmm. This, the, the, the types of properties that you specialize in is a fantastic, easy segue into commercial real estate. Absolutely. And that's why you're here. This, this is a very easy step because some people think, rightly so, how do you buy an office building? And oh my gosh, how do you, how do you figure all it that out? It can be intimidating. A retail center. That's this is what you specialize in is in retail centers, and I can understand how that's so. That could be very intimidating for most people, sure. even for real estate agents that mostly just sell houses. So we're here to talk about triple net investments, and uh, let's just jump right into sure. it. Sure. Yeah. You know, I think when most of the time when people think of commercial real estate, they think of a big office building, mm -hmm. right, uh, or a big retail mall. But uh, there's actually uh, a number of commercial properties that are single-tenant in nature, and that's what I think we should focus on today. Uh, and that uh, probably is uh, 
you know, the, the best entry-level commercial real estate asset that, that someone could buy. Uh, the uh, single-tenant uh, space, uh, you know, they um, uh, really fall into three property types. You have office properties, mm-hmm. industrial properties, and retail properties. Okay. Uh, my focus is really on retail, and retail is the most common single-tenant uh, net lease investment vehicle. But basically, the concept is uh, you have a commercial uh, tenant who is uh, leasing uh, the uh, uh, building uh, from, sorry. um, From the landlord. Yeah. And the landlord holds, continues to own it. Correct. Yes. Um, So, you know, if there are many national retailers out there, such as Target, Mm -hmm. uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts, uh, Chase Bank, Walgreens, mm-hmm. CVS, mm-hmm. Uh, these are the uh, common retailers who uh, are looking for single-tenant properties on a hard, signalized corner in heavily trafficked uh, commercial thoroughfares. They're going to be excellent for their business. And uh, if you're a commercial landlord, uh, you uh, might own a corner, uh, let's say it's an acre of land, that would be veil- uh, very appealing uh, to these retailers for their business. So uh, they would be willing to uh, lease that, uh, that, that land and in many cases build their own building on that land mm-hmm. if they can, can, can secure a leasehold interest mm-hmm. for uh, an extended period of time. And these commercial leases range anywhere from 10 to 25 years uh, in length or more. Uh, so um, the uh, uh, leases are structured in uh, multiple ways, but uh, the most common type of lease you're going to see is what's called a triple net lease. And that's just, uh, you know, fancy language for uh, a a net lease where the expenses related to, um, you know, maintaining the property uh, are passed through to the tenant. So they're not the landlord's responsibility. There's two types of commercial leases uh, on a spectrum. A full service gross lease where the landlord is responsible for all of these expenses and a triple net lease where the three major expense categories, which are property taxes, general liability insurance, and maintenance, both uh, structural maintenance, uh, the roof, as well as common area maintenance, uh, and, and utilities are passed through to the tenant. So uh, in, in the retail realm, uh, these absolute net leases are very common, and uh, they're very appealing uh, to um, owners and investors of these commercial properties because uh, they limit the landlord's responsibility. Um, the uh, uh, landlord effectively, if it's uh, what's called an absolute triple net lease, where literally every expense is passed through to the tenant, it's the tenant's responsibility, you're, you're collecting a rent check effectively. It's very similar to a corporate bond, except this bond-like lease uh, agreement is collateralized by the real estate, which is very attractive uh, because in the event that times change, uh, you know, the the economy shifts and a particular tenant uh, is no longer doing well and they end up vacating that space, uh, you own quality piece of real estate that could be attractive to another uh, commercial retailer uh, who is interested in that that location for their business. Uh, So, uh, that's, you know, in a nutshell, uh, what a single tenant net lease asset is. Very basic, very simple, uh, very common 
lot of people don't realize that. Right. Real estate agents don't realize that. By the way, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We're here discussing triple net investments with uh, Mike Knudsen. I was just about to call you guru. You're not there yet. I'm not quite there yet. You need to be a lot older to be called a guru. (laughs) (laughs) He's a broker here. I'm working on it. (laughs) He's a broker here at Keller Williams. And this is this is your specialty. You specialize this is, in this. I, I focus exclusively on uh, retail properties, uh, specifically single and multi-tenant uh, net lease uh-huh. properties. The, um, so I want to go back to just the real basics of this. Sure. It, it seems like the rent collected under a net lease is is like you said, it's net of expenses. So I would assume. Oh, this is obvious. The the payments that you're going to get usually is less than the rent charge on the gross lease. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you don't have to, if, if you're a landlord, I mean, you don't really even need to like be you know, down the street. You can be in another country because the tenant is responsible for everything. The gardener, if somebody yes. dumps off stuff in the back of the, the building, um, the painting, I mean, everything. The roof, yeah, insurance, it, it, everything. You know, of, of course, there's variations, and there sure. are certain leases where you are going to be required to handle uh, some of the uh, sure. expenses. But uh, in there, these absolute net leases, where all the expenses are passed through, are are fairly common. They're 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 uh, um, signed by retailers uh, spanning a variety of sectors, from you know the financial services sure. to drugstores, pharmacies to Auto service centers uh, or, or parts stores, such as Advanced Auto or AutoZone. Uh, so, and you know, we probably don't have enough time to delve into the details, so we should keep it pretty basic. Well, I was just so. curious, like, how long is the lead? How many paper? How many pages is it? They can they they can be quite intimidating. That's why you need a good broker uh, mm-hmm. to to abstract the lease and review it for you, so you understand what you're signing, but. Uh, they can range anywhere, you know, from uh, 50 to you know, 125 pages. Uh, 50 to 125 pages. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, again, just a, a <laughs> rough range. Our, our, <laughs> our residential purchase agreement here in, in California was updated recently. And we went, well, when I got into the business, it was six pages. We went mm. to seven, eight, ten, now it's 12. And then if you throw in all the addendums, we're at about 17 Yeah, for a standard contract. And that's just to sell a piece of real estate. You're talking about a lease that's right. starting at 50 pages and up. And with all the addendums, I mean, this is this is why I don't do commercial leases. <laughs> and this is probably why you don't sell homes either. I mean, we, we're specialists. This is why we go sure. to each other. Um, we're actually working together on something right now where I met these wonderful people at um, at a steakhouse. Oh, Ruth Chris. I, I Ruth love that. Chris. <laughs> love that place. <laughs> And uh, we were talking, and they said they wanted me to sell their retail center. And I told them, well, I can do it. Um, most realtors will say the same thing. They'll say they can do it, and they'll probably figure it out later, and maybe they'll, they'll probably screw it up. But I told them what they really need to do is talk to my buddy Mike, who's down the hall from me, and this is a specialty. And you should really consider – and actually, they didn't really want to meet you. They, they were like, no, it doesn't matter to us. We just want you. We just want you. Mm-hmm. So I told them I would, I would be there to help them, but you're going to be taking – you're going to be the lead guy on this thing. And let me introduce you to Mike. And, and I appreciate that uh, Glenn Gary lead there. The Glenn Gary lead. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about how we first met, actually. We met about uh, – I think it was six years ago. And we had an interesting situation where – um, we had a family asset that my grandfather 
um, developed back in the 1960s in La Cañada. And he used to be an old motel, and he tore it all down, and he built a whole bunch of, like, these little retail units. Which we had, a, I think there was a donut shop, there was a KFC. At one time, there was a Sears in there, a lot of really small ones. And then there was what's called an anchor tenant. And at the time, my grandfather didn't have enough money to build a huge, well, at the time, it was huge. I think it was 10,000 feet. What was that, 11,000 foot? Yeah, 11,000 feet. It was 11,000 feet. And... Um, so even this has been around for a long time, but I want to. We're going to have to take a break right now, but I want to jump into this. So, anyways, we're you're here. You're on the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We're here with Mike Knudsen. He's a commercial broker with uh, Keller Williams here, and he specializes in triple net properties. And we'll be right back. Back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We're here with Mike Knudsen, a commercial broker here at Keller Williams. He specializes in retail properties and specifically in net properties. His group is called uh, NNN or Triple Net or Net Lease. Uh, forgive me. Any any iteration you want. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to give everybody an opportunity to contact you when they, if they need expert advice and help. What's the best way for people to reach you, Mike? You know, I'm available literally 24-7, Mike, on my cell phone. Hey, you better be careful. I, I, just, that. I just picked up an inflatable mattress from Target down in Colorado. <laughs> so I'm here to help anyone who needs my help. The best way to contact me is my cell phone, uh, which is area code 626 626- Seven five seven four two zero seven. That's six two six seven five seven four two zero seven. How about a website or email? My website is uh, pretty simple: retailnnproperties.com. NNN stands for triple net, of course. Uh, and my email is kind of a long one, so bear with me. <laughs> Mike dot Nudsen, spelled just like the milk. K-N-U-D-S-E-N at growthinvestmentgroup.com. Investment is singular. Okay. You got all that? I got all that. Actually, my other grandfather, on my dad's side, this is a total segue here, but he worked for Knudsen, and he was an accountant for them, gosh, back in the 50s. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Any any relation to the uh, milk conglomerate? No, no, not at all. You just uh, same just, here. Just an accountant. Yeah, Got it. nothing at all, huh? Probably why I'm still you know selling real estate buildings. <laughs> That's not a bad gig. No, it's not. You it's enjoy great. it, right? I, I love it. I love. I love, it. I love what I do too. I wouldn't want to do what you're doing, though. Well, I wouldn't want to do what you're doing. That's, that's why <laughs> well, this is a great you, symbiotic relationship. There you go. <laughs> so. Gosh, I don't know how many years ago this was. It was six or seven years ago. My family wanted me to sell a family asset that my grandfather on my mom's side built. And it, like I said, we he had a whole, there were a bunch of, uh, this is on a very busy signalized intersection, a lot of land, and they, the family only had enough money. They were butchers on my, on, my grand, on my mom's side, and they had a butcher shop, and they'd always save up money, and they all decided with the nine kids to go into real estate and buy this land, tear down the motels, start building all these little retail shops. They didn't have enough money to be able to build the big anchor. So the big anchor, this is back in the 60s, they uh, connected with Safeway. And Mm -hmm. Safeway signed a long-term net lease where 
it basically that was a ground lease, but the same the same type of same type of thing where basically um, they Safeway was in charge of paying um, the property taxes because it had its own it was on its own parcel tax mm-hmm. parcel the way it was split up. They paid for their own insurance. They paid for all the maintenance, and this went on for uh, thirty some odd years. And they had a whole bunch of extensions. It was, it, it was they were able as, as a family of butchers was basically able to buy a piece of real estate, develop it with this triple net and, and, formulation. And it's just different, but just to explain how that's possible, you know, you control a very coveted piece of land. Mm-hmm. This t- ties in what we were talking about in the last segment. A very coveted piece of land that worked perfectly for Safeway's operations. Mm-hmm. They noticed that. However, you control the fee simple interest on that land. Yep. That land was yours. Yep. The only way Safeway could go there is if they were willing to comply with your terms mm-hmm. of a, a leasehold interest, in which case you only agreed to ground lease the land, which works out well because if you relinquish control of that land to Safeway, uh, for a long enough period of time, they're going to build their own building there. The economics of building a building makes sense if they can recapture the cost over a long enough period of time and be profitable in that location, which they felt they could do. So they signed this ground lease, and they uh, uh, operated and handled all of the expenses on your family's behalf. They built the building. You didn't have to front the cost for that building, That's right? That's right. They built the building. And then look what well, happened. I didn't know it was before I was born. Okay. Well, you know. It, they were thinking of me, I like to think. It worked out well in the long run for everyone. Uh, <laughs> well, I remember the lease, but when we re- reviewed it, it was probably six pages long. It mm-hmm. might have been if there were a few addendums for some of the extensions that they had. And there were these uh, essentially like inflation protections in there. But who would have known how it, high real estate would have gone right. over the years? And, and to explain. But there were bumps. The, the, uh, yeah, oh. the inflation protections that you're talking about are rental increases yes. that are set up uh, at timed intervals uh, along the lease agreement uh, that can you know cover CPI, cover inflation, uh, or maybe even be more aggressive or less aggressive. Uh, it really depends on the tenant. In, in this case, there were rental increases that provided a, a hedge against inflation. Uh, but the best thing about that ground lease, Mike, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but at the end of the ground lease, I guess Safeway found another uh, location. You know, the economics change over time, and uh, they vacated, and you were left with a building that you didn't have to pay for. Well, they actually subleased to uh, big lots okay. also. Uh, that that yeah because that that place they moved in if I I wasn't I was maybe five years old when they moved out I don't really know but they moved out because it was too small for them. right the, I was ten thousand feet is just too small for them so they had another tenant it was pick and save who which changed to big lots and they were still there when when the family sold the house the yeah sold the house sold the property I was getting ahead of myself I was trying to go into a scenario oh, okay, where yeah. you know if had they left theoretical sure. scenario yes. Well, let's talk about that. Let's if talk about t- big lots. If your tenant leaves. If, if, if the tenant leaves on a ground lease, mm-hmm. at the expiration of the ground lease, you get to retain the improvements that they built on that land. You get to keep it all. Yep. Yes. And then you get to release that uh, if you know the, the building is suitable uh, to a secondary tenant who comes in. And in many cases, they, they will be interested uh, because of the location, the quality of the real estate. That's really what is the the ultimate driver of the value of these properties is the quality of the real estate. When you're analyzing a retail deal, you're analyzing three components. Mm-hmm. 
you're analyzing the quality of the real estate, you're analyzing the quality of the tenant, the financial solvency, the, mm-hmm. the financial health of the tenant, the the entity, the national entity, or the or the mom and pop entity uh, that occupies the space, pays you rent, and then you're occupying the lease and uh, how that lease uh, protects you. You know the uh, how it how it protects the landlord versus the tenant. Uh, and you know that that's a conversation for another episode because that can get pretty complex. <laughs> uh, if, but, if, real quick, if if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We're here discussing triple net investments with broker Mike Knutson with KW Commercial. He's here down the hall from me in our office here in Pasadena. And what what happened with that interesting scenario years ago? My family, I'm. There's a lot of agents, realtors in our family. I'm by far the most successful one. They asked me to sell it. This is years ago, and I thought, you know, why not? I can do it. That was actually a very big mistake. I took on the listing. All of a sudden, I have a different hat on. I'm a commercial broker. This is the first time I've seen these leases for the most part. These things were 30 years old, antiquated, very, very, you know, a lot of them were incomplete, um, and I'm trying to make the best of this. We put it on the market. We got some offers. And it was really, it, it, there was a, a, a family, every family has drama, okay? <laughs> there was some family drama. They decided not to sell it, all right? And then it was the next time around they wanted to put it back on the market. They asked me, and I said, you know what? I'm sitting here thinking this, the, best, the best thing for my client is really to have a, a, an expert, a specialist to do this. And I told him to give you a call with your team and I got you guys the interview. Now, actually, they interviewed a whole bunch of other people. I think you re- you remember that, don't you? Yes. You, you guys were up against, uh, well, I told my mom to tell the family, really, that's really the most important thing is to interview a bunch of agents because you just never know. You just, you'll learn. If anything, even if you have a realtor that you want to you want to use, you'll learn a lot more about the process and what, what some of the things that you should may, maybe do if you just at least interview other agents. I always tell people interview at least three agents. Most people don't, unfortunately, but I think in your situation they interviewed five. You guys stood out among you know way ahead and shoulders above everybody else. We had a great team. You guys had a great team. Yeah, I think you got. I don't even know how many offers you guys got, but one of you had multiple offers. It was a seven-figure deal. Everybody's super happy with your guys' service. You did a fantastic job. That's why you're here. And, and do you want to know why that, that deal was so popular in the marketplace? was mm-hmm. because of that anchor tenant that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Big Lots is one of the top discount retailers in the country. Uh, they do in, incredible sales figures. And, uh, you know, we sold that in a, uh, in, in a recession. It was a dip. But uh, you sold in the what? That was a horrible dip. It was a horrible dip, and we got top dollar because of Big Lots. And the thing that the thing about Big Lots, and some of the other discount retailers uh, who do these sign these triple net leases, such as Dollar General, Family Dollar, Dollar Tree. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've heard. If you follow the markets, uh, Dollar Tree is preparing to merge with Family Dollar. It hasn't been approved yet, but mm-hmm. uh, that deal might take place uh, in short order, 2015. Uh, but back to Big Lots, um, this is a recession-proof <laughs> tenant. You know, they actually perform better uh, in a recessionary environment uh, because of their low price point on their goods. Uh, so they're they're very attractive deals uh, for risk-averse investors 
who uh, you know are looking for a tenant that is going to remain financially sound over the length of the leasehold interest. Well, there was also a lot of synergy in that location just because oh, if yeah. you go there to shop, you might go to KFC or you might go to Sears, you might go to Pizza. There was a sandwich place. It was a great center. I, I forgot all the other. There was, there was a you get really a nail salon center. in there as well who did incredible right. business. They did very good. So um, how are single-tenant net investments different from multi-tenant buildings? Well, you know, uh, multi-tenant buildings obviously have more than one tenant, and uh, as a result, uh, owners and landlords, you know, you have to juggle multiple leases that begin and end at different times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the leases are rarely longer than seven years, especially for what's called the satellite tenants, mm-hmm. which are the smaller tenants who rely on the anchor tenant to, to do exactly what it sounds like, to anchor that site, to draw people to the center. Uh, that means the building's financial performance is, uh, is more vulnerable to the ups and downs of the market. Uh, but, um, you know, many net lease investors have... Um, uh, you know, they're, they're out there looking for deals who, who, that require less supervision, supervision, less maintenance than these multi-tenant centers, which can be high maintenance. Uh, you know, perfect example would be if you own apartment buildings and you try to manage them yourself. That's a very labor-intensive job, as I'm sure you're well aware. Yeah. Just in single-family uh, investment properties, it's extremely uh, hands-on. You know, you're, you you can get calls in the middle of the night from your tenants if a pipe breaks or if a light bulb goes out. We had a drain line go out on one of our properties. This is a few months ago. Mm-hmm. The guy goes in there and he snakes it out. And then we get a phone call on a Sunday morning the next weekend saying it didn't work. Everything's backing up. <laughs> you know? Oh, so now we have to insane. send a guy in there for a $300 blowout to go in there and he blows out all the old roots. Right. And hopes the whole thing doesn't collapse. Yeah, that was Sunday morning. Right. It's... You can't do a residential net lease, can you? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you probably could, but that's another discussion. That, that, it's yeah, not you, typical. You have to bring in another way. expert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it can get pretty complex, which is why it's important to specialize, really. And that's why I specialize in retail properties, uh, it, 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 because there's a lot to know. But um, it, anyway, so if, if you own apartments and uh, you've been very hands-on, now, granted, there's a lot of upside in apartments. Sure. You can buy an apartment uh, that uh, needs a lot of rehab. The units need a lot of work. And if you uh, rehab those units and increase the rents uh, as tenants roll over, uh, it can be very, very lucrative. Uh, but um, they're, they're labor-intensive, unless you hire a property manager, which is going to cut into your margins. But you also, in my opinion, you need to be close by. It, because you need to know what's going on with your asset if it's an apartment building. I think it's different. Than Absolutely. A tri- on a triple net thing, that's one of the benefits. You you can actually be in another country if you oh. want. Yes. Uh, uh, it's it, not that big of a deal. And if, you, if you've if you analyzed any of the uh, single-tenant uh, net lease deals, it, it, it is a national marketplace. If you take a look Absolutely. at some of the brokers who have listings, they could have a listing in Michigan. They could have a listing in New Jersey, uh, in Texas, uh, Florida, or Nevada for the – State income benefits, uh, or lack lack thereof, of the state income tax. Uh, it, it, it's a national marketplace because these investments have a bond-like quality. They are backed by a corporate guarantee, mind you, mm-hmm. by a national, publicly, in many cases, investment grade per S and P, per Moody's, per Fitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well capitalized, extremely well capitalized, uh, national retailer who guarantees the lease payments that are being made to the landlord. So even in the event that, uh, let's say that this location 
didn't work out. The let's take a CVS drugstore. Okay. Right? Let's say they signed a twenty-five year lease for you know eight, acre and a half of land on a hard signalized corner in. Uh, uh, and you pick your city. Let's just say Austin, Texas. Sure. But uh, let's say that, uh, and that would probably be a bad example because Austin is incredible population density and median household income, all uh, all the things that these retailers will look for for a quality site. But theoretically, let's just say that the site doesn't work out for CDS and they're, they, they're not hitting their sales figures. And they decide to what's called go dark, which is to vacate that space. Mm-hmm. Guess what? They corporate guaranteed that lease. So even if that location does not work out and they vacate, they will continue to make you rent payments. The only event where you could lose that income stream is if CBS went bankrupt. And this is why you need to go back to the financial health of sure. the tenant itself. CBS is a publicly traded uh, company. It's a, it's a giant in the pharmaceutical uh, retail industry, they're really their only competitors are, are Walgreens and Rite Aid, to a much lesser extent, uh, on the national level. So you are um, when when you're buying uh, a single tenant net lease property that is leased to CVS, you are effectively buying um, a corporate bond. A bond, yeah, yeah, that is collateralized by the real estate location. So let's say that, you know, the economics of the, the city uh, where that, or excuse me, the neighborhood where that asset is located change. Let's say there's another signalized corner within the trade area that works out better for CBS at the end of their agreement. Uh, and they, they decide not to exercise the options if there are any in the lease and to vacate. Uh, and let's say that they vacate. You control that building and you can release that building to a secondary tenant. So uh, as long as the real estate is well located, uh, there, there's, there's going to be some downtime. There's going to be costs associated mm-hmm. with leasing the space, but long term. But considering the risks of other assets, yes, it's 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 awfully nice. Well, you're here with me on the Mike Bell Real Estate Show, Mike. We're going to be right back, and uh, we're going to jump into talking about 1031 exchanges, and I want to talk to you about um, how this investment tool can be really made. Uh, very doable for most anybody. Let's get back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Got Mike Bell here, and I'm with the other Mike, Mike Knudsen, who is a commercial real estate broker here at Keller Williams, down the hall from me. He specializes in net investments. He's a commercial specialist. We've known each other for six years, six or seven years. And we're talking about these investments that are really very open to really the unsophisticated investor also. This is an amazing opportunity for people to jump in. So a lot of people that think that commercial real estate is just apartments, and you're dealing with people that – you know, they, they flush chicken bones down toilets and, uh, you know, they destroy places and they've got to deal with uh, people moving their it, – it's just people are scared a lot of times with apartments or houses. A lot of times, for unfortunately, they're, they're afraid of commercial investments too. They just This is just way beyond them. So that's that's really the gear of this is just get, get you – empower you, educate you, and uh, hopefully they'll pick up the phone and call you. 
to get more advice on on, on this. But you, yes. like we talked about, you work on a national level. Yes, well, is, with a focus on Southern California. Sure, it's a focus of Southern, on but, Southern uh, California. In, in, in many cases, yes, uh, especially if I'm involved in a 1031 exchange. Sure. And uh, the uh, client is trying to seek a, a higher return than what they can get in California. And it makes sense because California is in such high demand. The uh, the uh, the demographics in California are so excellent for these retailers. Uh, they're highly coveted. You know, mm-hmm. the, the commercial corridors that these retailers like to go into here, highly coveted. And in a seller's market like what we're in right now, uh, the cap rates are uh, – cap rate is a capitalization rate. That's basically a uh, like the percent of return that you get from the purchase for price of the property, right? So on your money, right? So uh, uh, the, the net operating income that is yielded by the lease, the lease agreement, the net operating income, so the money in your pocket is a percent of the total value, mm-hmm. the purchase price property you acquired. In any event, the cap rates in California are are, are very compressed right now, so. I have clients who uh, are looking at deals out of state in, you know, maybe an area where the demographics are uh, not as dense. Uh, you know, it's still a, a quality metropolitan area, but um, it's very expensive here. Yeah, we have investors expensive. that are buying houses, and their return is, <laughs> I don't, know, their return is, is is so low. I mean, we're talking one and two and three percent return on a little re- residential house or or a duplex, but. Uh, it depends on the market. They're looking to park money, uh, not not always necessarily. They're looking for a, a, a specific return. It's always different. I mean, for for your product, for what you do, this is fantastic for like a retiree. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a great investment vehicle. It's uh, uh, sorry, I didn't mean. To no, I, we're talking about ten thirty one exchanges, and but and a, a retiree can achieve long term guaranteed fixed income with rental increases. Uh, from a basically a very simple product, and their heirs are really not going to be overwhelmed by the many complications associated with wealth management. I mean, this is something you can pass on to your kids. Yes, it's a and tremendous, to, and they're not going to be overwhelmed and want to sell the property and fight because they're going to be t- they're going to have a long term contracts. It's a tremendous estate planning tool, uh, the ten thirty one exchange, a tremendous tool for wealth yeah. creation and wealth retention. Uh, it, it, quite frankly, Mike, if uh, if the IRS ever, or if Congress ever uh, passed legislation to eliminate the 1031, I probably would quit the business because uh, it, it, yeah. I mean that it, it's just such an integral component to, to real estate investing. It's uh, it, that I highly recommend any of my clients to you know if they want to sell a commercial property, if they do not need that capital on a short term basis, and uh, they don't want to pay Uncle Sam the 25 percent. Uh, capital gain, long-term capital gains uh, rate, uh, w- which is you know, and your state, and your depreciation recapture, course, and right. on and on, and maybe the even the Obamacare. Uh, we don't want to go into that. Let's not go into that. But yeah, <laughs> this is a, great, a tremendous vehicle. Ten thirty. What it, what is a ten thirty one exchange? Real quick for the folks that just don't know, give us a thirty second. A ten thirty one exchange is when you own a commercial investment property. And you want to sell the property and trade it, so to speak, uh, into a like-kind commercial real estate investment. Uh, The uh, rules can get pretty complex, but in a nutshell, you have what's called a down-leg property, which is the property that you are selling, uh, and then an up-leg property, 
or properties, which are the properties that you are buying. Mm-hmm. And uh, the properties, it, it, the like kind can be, uh, uh, can throw people off because the properties can be different. You can trade uh, vacant commercial land that has ability to produce income into a uh, retail center that is already producing income. It's stabilized, stable cash flow. You can trade apartment buildings into retail or office or industrial buildings. Uh, so as long as it's not your primary residence. That's correct. So like kind just means it's a commercial investment property. Uh, and the uh, rules are the upleg property, the property you're buying, uh, has to be of equal or greater value than the downleg property. And if, let's go back to the property you're selling. Let's say there's a loan on it. Uh, that loan has an aggregate value. You know, it could be, let's just say $500,000 loan on the property you're selling. Uh, you have to replace that debt in the upleg transaction. So you, on the upleg property that you're acquiring, you actually need to put $5,000 uh, worth of debt at least. You can actually go higher. You can use more leverage if mm-hmm. you want onto the upleg property. Uh, if you fulfill those requirements... And you identify the uh, uplake property. Uh, You can identify up to three, according to the IRS uh, regulations. If you can identify that property within 45 days, go into escrow, you have 180 days to to close. Now, Mm -hmm. keep in mind, the 180 days, the clock starts ticking when the uh, downlake property, the property you're selling, closes. closes. Gotcha. So the clock starts ticking on both those windows when you close on the first deal. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We're here with Mike Knudsen, broker with Keller Williams, and he specializes in triple net investments, and he has a group. What's your group called? And give us your contact information again. Absolutely. Uh, we are called the Growth Investment Group, and uh, it, it's really a, a great uh, a team that we have here. My, my partner, Han Chen, specializes uh, exclusively in, in apartment investment sales. Mm-hmm. And he actually brought me in, uh, in, in large part, uh, due to my retail specialty. One of the major transactions that we're seeing in the market right now are apartment owners who've been in the business for a long time and uh, are looking to get out of it uh, and because yeah, it's, it's like too this. labor intensive. This totally so makes sense. They're, they're, they're leveraging the mm-hmm. 1031 exchange to defer capital gains and it, it maximize their cash flow by selling their apartments and buying these single-tenant retail net lease investment properties uh, or multi-tenant. They're willing to take on a little bit more uh, risk to get a higher return. Uh, so it, it works out well. Uh, Han specializes in the sale of the apartments mm-hmm. And then I help them identify suitable replacement properties in the retail net lease investment space uh, for, for them to acquire and to benefit from because their landlord responsibilities go from, oh, my gosh, this is too much to sure. I'm collecting a rent check. So what are the risks that somebody somebody can uh, expect to have in a uh, in buying something like this? I'm, I'm I always say the devils are in the de- devils in the details. You need to look at the lease. Sure. Well, you know, you know, Mike, there, there really are very few risks uh, related to investing in, in single tenant deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you you have to look at the lease. It's very very critical to analyze the lease in detail. And I would highly recommend any uh, investor in in the retail space, especially a novice investor, 
to partner up with an excellent retail attorney in addition to a good broker to analyze, uh, to, to, to help them review that lease and really understand the uh, the risk associated with it as well as the benefits. Oftentimes, even on the smaller on the smaller scale transactions that I help handle, which are duplexes and triplexes, fourplexes, maybe some fiveplexes for my clients, oftentimes we're working side by side with the CPA and or the family attorney or or, or an attorney that specializes in this. Sure. Because, um, I'm not an attorney, neither neither are you, but somebody needs to review these leases. And so and, and just to throw <laughs> it's out pretty some obvious. Absolutely. Just to throw out some examples, uh, I'll, I'll just give a few. Sure. Uh, first of all, you have to look at uh, the uh, basic lease structure, which can range from single net to double net to triple net to absolute triple net. A single tenant, excuse me, a, a single net lease is a lease where the tenant uh, pays solely the property taxes, uh, and you are responsible for the insurance, for the common area maintenance, for the exterior maintenance. Uh, you're responsible for all the other expenses as the landlord. Those are very rare in this space. Gotcha. Then you have the double net lease, where the tenant pays for property taxes and insurance and common area maintenance. But you are responsible for deferred maintenance, roof and structure, gotcha. are the two most common ones, okay. or maybe a slurry coat of, of the parking lot. Okay. Uh, those are common, and those yield a higher return sure. because there's more risk associated with it. Uh, you know, as far as the, the 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 returns that the market is commanding, that's a conversation for another day. I'd be more than happy to help uh, help out any of your clients uh, in delving into the details of, but. Uh, the most common lease structure is a, uh, a triple net lease, and these are probably the most coveted because they're the most risk averse. These are where all the three major expense buckets are paid by the tenant. Now, there might be a uh, um, reimbursement where you are responsible for paying some of those expenses on a monthly basis, mm-hmm. and then the tenant will reimburse you for them. Uh, on a monthly or on an annual basis. And there might be a reconciliation period, especially if it's annual. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are in many, many cases what's called absolute net leases, where literally everything is, is paid by the tenant. You're collecting a rent check. Literally, just you're just getting a you're rent check. You're just collecting check a rent check. That gets mailed to you. And it's fixed income, just like a bond. Mm-hmm. You know what to expect because the returns are baked into the lease. And in many, many cases, the, the uh, tenant is willing to sign a lease that has rental increases, which can uh, serve as as a hedge against inflation, which is very important. If you're signing a, a you know, a, a, if you're relinquishing control of your your prime uh, commercial land uh, or building to uh, you know a tenant for a long period of time, uh, you, you it. it there are many investors who want to, you know, at least be recapturing inflation over the life of that life of that lease. In which case, you need to make sure you have rental increases into the lease. And uh, there are certain tenants who are so prime that they are not willing to give those uh, uh, rental increases, such as Walgreens. It's a great example. Very rare to find a Walgreens lease in today's marketplace <laughs> that offers any rental increases whatsoever. But they're all because the credit is so high. The credit is so high. Yeah. The the uh, they're, they're still highly highly coveted. And keep in mind, Walgreens 
signs leases on triple net located real estate. So from an estate planning standpoint, from a long-term investment strategy standpoint, this they're excellent deals. Yeah, Absolutely. They're excellent deals regardless. Uh, you're listening to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We're going to be right back. And thank you very much, Mike. This is great. And we're going to wrap it up on the next segment. And now more of the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to my show, the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. You can reach us at TheMikeBellRealEstateShow.com. You can stream this later, if you'd like, in the future, along with I don't know how many shows we've got. We've got... Been doing this for almost three years now. So. I'm not on enough of them, Mike. Do you want to be? You, you want to come back? Yeah, I'd, I'd actually love to partner up with you on this. <laughs> okay, so you know, and all since I'm, I'm really serious about this. I'm looking through your bio. You went to Notre Dame. I did. Uh, no, you know, it's, oh. <laughs> go easy on me here, okay? If, if there's any consolation, <laughs> I, I, I got into the business and was uh, I was a, a junior broker for. A USC uh, legend, I was say, this must... Allen Young. He, oh yeah, he's USC's all-time leading rebounder, and uh, I actually gained. Uh, I, I, I he actually I, hired I love you, that guy. Huh? He hired you. He hired me. That must have been tough. It was actually Lou Horn, the president <laughs> of uh, uh, CB Richard Ellis's brokerage department in Southern California. He hired me. He also went to SC, but his daughter went to Notre Dame. So. I got uh, asked into, you know, uh, this interview with this esteemed, you know, uh, uh, executive in the commercial real estate uh, industry here in L.A., and I'm highly intimidated by this guy. Uh, not anymore, I, right? Well, no, not anymore. But I, 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 I walked for into, lunch, right? at the time. I walked into his office. Yeah, I'm thinking, oh, my God, this guy, big SC guy, yeah. you know, one of the top uh, commercial real estate executives uh, in L.A., he's, he's going to grill me. This is going to be awful. I walk into his office and, uh, you know, he's, he's got his spectacles on and he's looking at my resume very intently. Uh, he looks up at me a couple times and, you know, with a grim, smug, grim look on his face. He goes, Notre Dame, huh? And I go, uh, yeah, sir, you know, about that wonderful school. <laughs> my daughter, uh, my daughter's a student there right now. And, you know, it's, oh. I was like, oh, oh okay. dodged a bullet. Dodged a bullet. Well, it turns out he's a good Catholic here in Pasadena. So we, we really hit it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. But, I, you know, just go easy on me. Huh? All right, I, all right. I, I'm like a closet USC fan. Well, we got, we're going to have to have you back because we have a lot of other stuff to cover. But one of the questions I had I wanted to ask was, how are single-tenant net leased assets valued? Well, Mike, uh, unlike uh, traditional real estate, mm-hmm. let's say, you know, such as a home, sure. single-family home, you know, keep it in context – where the value is pretty much in, is solely isolated to the location, the quality of the real estate itself. Uh, there are two other components that an investor needs to look at when they're analyzing a retail net lease asset, they need, or, or any net lease asset for that matter. Uh, they uh, The value is also determined by the quality of the tenant, sure. the financial stability uh, and performance of the tenant from an operational standpoint, right? Because if the tenant goes out of business and they file for bankruptcy, in a bankruptcy court uh, is going to shut down, uh, it's going to allow the uh, uh, retailer to close certain locations, Sure. right? According sure. to the capital stack at that given point in time. Uh, 
but um, in many cases, these retail uh, net lease deals are, are – uh, sorry, the uh, real estate is leased to a very strong uh, credit tenant, investment-grade tenant. Mm-hmm. And when I mean investment-grade, I mean that this tenant is being uh, rated by the national rating agencies that rate any publicly traded uh, you know, company that, that has been established and has a track record of corporate credit for a long period of time. Uh, so, so you're looking at the credit, of course, but you're also looking at the income. You're on, definitely on looking at the income, and that also ties into the lease agreement. So, the, again, there's three mm-hmm. major ways to value uh, the retail net lease investment. The first one, the most important, really, uh, from a long-term standpoint, is the quality of the real estate, which has many factors that sure. determine the value, such as the location, right? Is it on a strong, heavily trafficked commercial corridor? Sure. How about the ingress and egress, the way to access that site? Sure. Is it on a signalized intersection? Your neighbors, where it can et cetera, be easily et cetera. accessible. Yeah. Right. Uh, the visibility. Does it have strong visibility that's going to attract the traffic that's mm-hmm. coming in off of these thoroughfares? Uh, how about the population density mm-hmm. of the trade area that they're servicing? The median household income. All of these factors need to be analyzed that will determine the quality of the real estate. Uh and that actually, the quality of the real estate then ties in to the lease that they're willing to sign. They will be willing to pay more rent. It's simple supply and demand, simple economics. The tenant will be willing to pay more rent if there's going to be competition to uh, obtain the leasehold interest of, of, of that space, of, of, of the land or the building that's on it. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, uh, many of these tenants, they're signing long-term deals. Uh, they will be willing to improve land. Like if you have an old raggedy building, but the real estate is on an incredible corner that has enough space, it has the visibility, the uh, traffic, the density, household income, all that stuff is great. You've got a raggedy old building. In many cases, these tenants, these corporate tenants will come in with a developer or with their own real estate department. And, and their own money. And their own money. And they'll do what's called a build the suit. Mm-hmm. where the developer or the tenant will build a spec building that meets their specifications on your land. So they'll, they'll, they'll scrape the old building and they'll build a new one. They'll sign the long-term lease. And at the end of the lease, you get it back. At the end of the lease, you, you get, get to retain those new improvements. Right. It's uh, incredible. So if you own a high-quality piece of real estate here in Pasadena or uh, anywhere else in the country that is on a great – uh, sorry, it's in a great location from a yeah. uh, commercial. It can't go wrong. Yeah, I it's mean, hard to go wrong. I mean, you probably already have tenants calling you or developers calling you to to, to discuss that, but uh, that could serve as a, a wonderful uh, source of income for you and your family from an estate planning standpoint. And uh, if the economics change, or you feel that they're going to change, your CPA or your your financial planner tells you that. Uh, the economic outlook of this area might be changing. You could sell that property and exchange it into a new property in a better location via the 1031 exchange, and you get to defer the 25% long-term capital gains tax. Or whatever it may be whatever next year be. or whatever. Now, Who your knows? depreciation schedule that was on the existing building does transfer over to the new one. So it, it does not reset. And, of course, the depreciation schedule is, uh, you know, you have the value of the improvements. That's another show. <laughs> it is, I just want to say it's, uh, you have the value of the improvements. You're allowed to depreciate that 
over 39 years on a straight line basis. It's amazing. So if you're 10 years into the depreciation depreciation schedule of your down lake property that you're selling, you you have what 29 years remaining that you can depreciate on the uplay. So keep that in mind. Are but, you coming back? Oh uh, yeah, you know whenever you want to have me as long as you keep you know serving this excellent coffee here. <laughs> which uh <laughs> Daniel we don't, thanks Daniel. Yeah. yeah. No, he didn't. You guys have the gourmet stuff, man. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking the, uh, you know, Folgers crystals in the morning. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, by the way, at, <laughs> and at the end of our show, our live show, uh, if you wait for about 20 minutes, you'll be able to stream the show and you'll be able to find us on iTunes and you can, uh, even you if can, you went to USC, feel free to call. <laughs> and you can even share a link with some you care about. This is great information. I, I learned a lot actually. Um, well, not a lot, but I mean, this is my business. I, I, you know, I, I do a lot of this. So, but I think for a, a lot of folks, this is this is eye opening, and I, hopefully it takes away the scare of jumping into something like this and opens up some opportunities for families to look at this as a great wealth building, uh, estate planning vehicle. Absolutely, it, it's it it's to me it's it's very 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 basic. And, and just keep in mind, I didn't really get, I, I didn't clarify how these assets are valued clearly enough. They're valued with three components. We got quality go of the real estate. We have a minute left. Quality of the real estate, <laughs> the quality of the tenant, and then the quality of the lease in terms of how much rent that that lease is commanding mm-hmm. for you and the risks associated with the lease. And, you know, there's a multitude of risks. I'd be happy to, to yeah. go over with your clients in detail. Hey, Mike, I'd like to thank you for sharing such great information. Thank you, Dave in Chicago, for producing my great show today. Thank you, Daniel Estrada, my board operator. <laughs> Daniel, say hello. Hello. Hey, Daniel. Thanks hey. for having me, guys. Uh, thank you for my beautiful to my beautiful wife, Anne, for helping us so much with our setup. And uh, remember, if you need a Mike Bell, call or email me. I have a powerful network of only the best agents all over the nation and here locally with commercial agents. I'm excellent at finding the right realtor for you. It's a free service. So anywhere you are, if you'd like to hire somebody just like me or interview somebody just like me, and I'm not in your backyard, you should use somebody in your backyard. I'll find somebody for you. So take me up on it. (laughs) This is Mike Bell. Remember to call me, 888-401-1555. That's my personal cell phone. Again, 888-401-1555. And you can email me at mikebell at kw.com. Mike, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Mike. Had a blast. All right, this is great, and we'll be back next week. The opinions expressed in the Mike Bell Real Estate Show are solely those of the host and do not reflect the opinions of anyone at TalkZone.com, Keller Williams Realty, any board of realtors, or anyone for that matter. Always hire a real estate attorney when making real estate decisions. Do not try any of this at home.